The podcast episode you are about to listen to contains graphic scenes of self-empowerment. It may cause extreme confidence, ambition, and the desire for freedom, especially in women. Don't listen if you are content filing TPS reports for the rest of your life, totally fine, never seeing Paris or cool with the fact that you have no real money of your own. Listeners of this episode have been known to quit their day jobs. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back or welcome to the show. You're listening to episode 101, baby. We have crossed triple digits. Oh, so exciting. This is the uh, Sand Podcast and I'm your host, Judy Holler. I'm a keynote speaker, an author, and the creator of the house that's H-A-U-S of and, which is a no BS improv inspired lifestyle brand on a mission to empower you to open new doors in your life. And I am so damn glad you are here. Today's High Vibe episode is sponsored by Advocare, a wellness company on a mission to support your health needs with High Vibe tools, resources, and products. So make sure you check them out and show them love in the show notes and on Instagram. Uh, you can learn more there. You'll support this podcast every time you go shopping and get discounts because you listen. Okay, guys, it's here. The New Year New Vibes live course is happening. Registration is open and it will be taught on December 29th. That's a Wednesday by me, yours truly live baby from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. It is going to be a vibe. Uh, there will be chat. There will be interaction. There of course will be replays after the class. So you can be in the moment or if something happens and you miss it, uh, we got your back. But yo, we are so excited for this first ever House of And Mindset Masterclass. Here's the deal. The world is not going to stop changing. It's never going back to how it was before. So we have to change the way we plan and set goals and dream and execute has to change. So you have two choices to make. One, you can react to everything that is going on around you, or you can take action and create the life you desire and deserve despite it all. So if you are listening to this right now and you are ready to get out there and actively, actively turn your goals into reality, no matter what, I got you. I got you. Grab a ticket to our House of And Mindset Masterclass. We're calling it the New Year New Vibes live course. And again, it's December 29th and it's going to help you tap into your true power. Enter... 2022 with unshakable confidence and handle anything that life throws your way like a true improviser. If you are ready to light it up in 2022 and open the door to what's possible, then this course is going to light up your life. Okay, here's what you get for the cost of admission. You're going to get one three-hour virtual course taught live with me on December 29th from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. It includes chat and interaction and, of course, a replay post-event. You'll get a first-ever look at our bespoke House of And 
trademarked methodology, and a first look at our brand new Possibility Planner. You'll get a 20% off coupon to get anything you want from our store. And we are creating a custom, complimentary Possibility t-shirt just for you. These won't be available for sale. They're gonna be designed just for the participants in our masterclass. Now that's what you're gonna get. After the workshop, here's what you'll be able to do. Increase the odds of things happening in your favor. Hello, serendipity. Uh, to have access to a framework that will help you thrive in the good and bad times. You'll understand, number three, how to use goal-focused planning to manifest more magic. Number four, you will be able to set boundaries that actually stick. Five, you'll bring more confidence into your daily life. Who doesn't want a little bit more swagger? Six, you'll finally stop making excuses. And seven, lucky seven, you will begin to have more control of what happens next in your life. Listen, now is the time to step up and open the door because if not now, when? If you don't control your life, who will? Why leave your future to chance? Let's make sure that doesn't happen. Link in the show notes to learn more and register today. I'll see you in class. Okay, you are going to love, 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 love today's episode. Um, I'd like to submit a warning, though, before we go any, any further. <clears throat> you ready? The podcast episode you are about to listen to contains graphic scenes of self-empowerment. It may cause extreme confidence, ambition, and the desire for freedom, especially in women. Don't listen if you are content filing TPS reports for the rest of your life, totally fine, never seeing Paris or cool with the fact that you have no real money of your own. Listeners of this episode have been known to quit their day jobs, build fabulous and lucrative businesses, drink wine before 4 p.m., if that's your thing, and live generally amazing lives. And last but not least, this episode's content is not suitable for defeatists, naysayers, or the Swedish, because how much better could your life possibly get? <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Okay, so that was written by our guest today, Ash Ambridge, who wrote a book called The Middle Finger Project. And on the front flap of her book, that is literally what she writes as she describes what you'll experience when you read her book. But it's also, which is so true, by the way, but it's also what you'll experience as you listen to this conversation today. I've got to tell you, I love Ash so much, not only for her zero fucks vibe, um, but I'm also obsessed with her humor. She's so funny. And the way she writes in such a relatable and accountable and actionable way. Uh, her book is almost as highlighted as You Are a Badass Is by Jen Sincero. It's so good and so funny and so relatable and so actionable. But for me, like Jen's book, it was mostly one big fat reminder and one big fat permission slip to keep going, to stay out of my way and to know I am not alone in that 
fight. This interview with Ash has been a long time coming. We have for about a year, honestly, her book. So my book, Fears My Homeboy came out May, 2019. And I believe Middle Finger Project, let me open, let me open it, came out early 2020. I don't know the month, but we were like, book sisters, if you will. Her book is black with big, hot pink words. And we just sort of got to know each other on Instagram and know some mutual people in common and whatever. And she moved over to Europe and just time zones and schedules. So this was a long time coming. She is my sister from another mister. Um, and I'm so excited to finally share her with you today. Ash Ambridge is an internet entrepreneur creative writer, speaker, and advocate for women being brave and doing disobedient things with their careers and lives. Her voice has been called the most memorable on the internet, original in a world with too little of it, not safe for work at all, and also really kind of sweary, <laughs> which is definitely her favorite description. Mine too. She is the founder of The Middle Finger Project, which is both the name of her Hallmark lifestyle blog, as well as the title of her first book. She is a Philly girl, but is currently traveling around the world. And oh my God, this conversation is going to crack you wide open. We are going to talk about... Um, imposter syndrome and setting boundaries and creative writing and nourishing that habit. We're going to talk about dangerous ideas and cancel culture and being misunderstood. And it's just <sighs> everything. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the fucking phenomenal Ash Ambridge. This. Oh my God, Ash, it's here. It's happening. I mean, smooth the hair, get it ready. Yeah, you... remind like dye my hair the next time before I get on video with important <laughs> awesome people. I love it, dude. You look very Parisian, and it is my understanding you are in Paris or France or where the fuck is Ash Ambridge? To be honest <laughs> with you, I have no idea where we are. <laughs> like, where are you? We were in like Provence. Oh God, you're I, so fucking fancy. My partner's Jeez. studying wine. So we were going oh. to these chateaus and I was, I felt like the schleppiest, I mean, most just like plain Jane person there, but we were doing that. And then I told you we had to, we had to come to a new place. And so I don't know where we are right now. We are somewhere in between Lyon and the Mediterranean. So yeah. Oh my God, this is your life. So I, is my understanding, you are, are you a newlywed? Did you get married or are you about to get married? No, people are you getting married like seven years ago? And I was just like, cool, we'll do that sometime. Cool. So you're just like, let's vibe with it. This is my person. He is, is he a sommelier? Is, is that his vibe or is he just, what, what brought you, what made you leave Philly? She left Philly and is now traveling around Europe with her person. Um, and I want to know more about that. Like, yeah. tell me, tell me the cliff notes. Um, he, he's awesome. He's actually Costa Rican. That's it. That's yes. it. Family business and tourism his whole life. Wow. He met in Costa Rica. See, I thought you were going to move to Costa Rica because you were living there. We do still have a place there. I okay. still got one. I'm not giving it up. We rent okay. there. It's not ours. So I was okay. like, I'm just going to keep this because it's too good. 
Yeah. And in the meantime, his family sold their their business. He was really excited because now he gets to start a new career. Fuck yeah. The rebirth, the rebirth. I love that. It's like one of those fresh starts. And so yeah. I was like, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, I think I want to study some wine. Let's go to France. I'm like, let's go to France, baby. Oh my God. I am drooling with jealousy on the best level. Like not bad jealousy, good jealousy. You know, like I want to be that in a few years. Like I would love, and that's the great thing about working from wherever and running your own business and having the chops to be able to do that. Cause that shit ain't easy, but you can really, I think you said in your book and I'm paraphrasing something along the lines. I love this line of like, um, money and freedom. Like I value freedom more than I value currency. This notion of like doing the work and really deciding what kind of life you want is what is allowing you. And I get it. You don't have littles and that is a choice you made. And so the trade-off of that is that you get to do things like this, right? And you're able to like sort of, I don't think you have kids, right? I don't. No no small children. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. I love that you have designed this life that allows you the freedom to live it on your own terms. And that's a choice, not an easy one, but a choice. It, 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 It is. I think what you said right there about this idea that freedom is a currency. When you think about it, when you take any job, we go through this list of all of the pros of the job. And we think about things like health insurance. And we think about things like the commute and whether or not you're actually going to like the job all of those factors that go into it. But freedom is never a factor anyone factors in because we're so used to not having it, mm, right? But I think holy shit. That for a lot of people now, and now all of a sudden the doors are opening, as yes. you say, like doors yes. opening. Yes, I love that you just dropped that in, by the way, um, because that's the truth. I think what we've all just gone through has been a big eye opener. And I think it's reminded every one of us that we are never in control, baby. You are never, your corporate job can fire you tomorrow. The economy is not going to wait for you. People will leave you. People may divorce you. People will disappoint you. So what's the bet? What's the bet? The bet needs to be on you. And it doesn't mean that we don't love other people or want other people in our lives or take care of our kids. But I think we have the wrong value of freedom. And there is a big currency on the fact that, you know, listen, what I'm trying to say is my, I'm in America. So my version of the American dream is to be able to do work. I love the way I want with people that fucking rock. And if I can get up and do that every day, yo, I have fucking made it. That's my definition of success. And yo, and if I can make money along the way, bonus, like, are you kidding me? That is it. Like that is it. And so how do we, so you've kind of done that for yourself. You've been able to take your strength, which is creative writing and monetize it. And it didn't always start that way as you talk about in the book, but you know, that's how you've been able to build your dream. You bet on your strength. Was that intentional or did that happen by accident? It was a complete accident. When I started blogging on the internet, I was like, you know what, if I can't have these kinds of conversations with other people in my life that mattered to me, because back then, like 2009, you were around there, like you get it. Yes. My space and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, how's your little blog? And yeah. Aren't you cute? Aren't you cute? Yeah. Or just the idea that you might actually want to pursue something different, especially if it was creative. Yeah. Uh, I remember having conversations with some of my best friends and who were very dismissive and very much just kind of like, you know, welcome to the real world, little girl. Real people have jobs and they yeah. suck. Yeah. 
yeah, you are. Sub- yeah, you're going to trench through this valley of darkness and you're going to show up because you're lucky. You are lucky to have a job. You should be grateful. You write about this in your book. You should be grateful to have health insurance. You should be grateful to have a paycheck. You should be grateful. And so we stay in this prison with this prison. And, and that is for some people. We need brick and mortar buildings and corporations and companies. And there are so many awesome companies that allow us to do incredible things. So I'm certainly not saying we don't, but yeah, yo, that can be a bit of a, a, a twist, a dark twist for a lot of people. It was upsetting because I think, especially when you're in that moment in time where you're kind of second guessing yourself, you're yeah. not exactly sure, but you really need someone else to say, you know what, go, go do yeah. that thing. I didn't have that. I think a lot of us don't have that. So I was yeah. like, okay, well, maybe I can write about what I'm feeling and thinking. And that's what I did. And all of a sudden, someone commented on my blog and I was like, oh my God, I'm naked. <laughs> like, do you have my address too? Like, <laughs> So oh my God, I'm naked. I cannot. Yes, that's how it felt like, oh my God, someone has read this? Like this yeah. was read? And and even though that's the intention, um, it does feel very vulnerable. You know, this is why, you know, I think mental fitness is so important to creative endeavors because dude, if you're going to cause any sort of ruckus, yo, and if you're doing it right, you're going to get comments. Some good some bad and you got to be okay through all of that. So let me back up really quick because I have to tell you your book, The Middle Finger Project, um, which the cover is just so up my alley. It's it's what I'm holding up. Y'all can't see and you will see it when you go buy the book link in show notes. Um, it's a black cover with um, a, a beautiful high vibe, hot pink uh, statement that says Middle Finger Project. And underneath it, it says trash your imposter syndrome and live the unfuck withable life you deserve. So Ash, when I was reading this book, I have to have a vulnerable moment with you and tell you that I was drooling with jealousy in a good way uh, (laughs) because I only wish I could write as naturally funny as you do. It is so relatable and so funny and so brilliant. So I've got to ask, what is your how old are you? May I ask? Because I wonder if we're I'm 93, similar. 93, I think. So, so we're same, same, not 93. You're 93. No, I'm actually 37 this year. No shit. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I figured you were above 35. Um, and some of the jokes you make and the and the things you've been through and the way you write, just I felt it was so relatable um, and very actionable. So I guess what I want to ask you first is like, have you always wanted to be a writer? I know there was the blog back in 2009, but like when you were a little girl, what was, I, you know, you came from the trailer park to where you are now, right? And so when you were in the trailer, were you like fucking writing? Were you drawing? Were you creating? Were you reading? Tell me about Ash as a little Ash baby. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm sitting in this hotel Beautiful room. hotel <laughs> in Paris, somewhere in fucking Europe and you grew up in a trailer. Like, so yo, nice. it's the best. It's so nuts. Yeah, yes, yes. I kept a diary every day starting in the oh. first grade, like a real freak. I mean, Stop. I was there and I can tell you, I have the diary. It's hysterical. Uh, remember when you first learned to write and you would write like with multiple lines and you had your dotted lines and you knew. Oh yeah. my God. Yes. So I must've been practicing because I have this journal with these tiny little lines and then all big block letters. 
And the first line I ever wrote ever was, no longer do I have a crush on Superboy, period. Now I love Peter Pan. There it oh, is. You. There it is. There it is. So prolific. She was so prolific. Yes. So I do think there's something to be said about that. Like Superboy. That, that, that hint, if you look back mm. in your childhood at some of the things you really were drawn to, I yes. have to say over the years, I've been hit over that a million times and be like, who would have known? Well, I guess we would have all known because that's what I was doing. And that's what you were doing. And I think there's something powerful of that. I think about that because so many people go, oh, but you, this is what you do. And I don't know what I do. I always say, go back to when you were a little girl or a little boy. What was that thing you were doing before the world told you you weren't good enough? What was that thing you were doing before we started getting fucking beat down that we have to blend in and play it safe? And oh my God, there's competition and jealousy and scarcity and all this stuff. And I am similar to you in that way where I was the nerd that did speech meets. Like I did not do volleyball. I did pom-poms, but like I did, hello, like here's my monologue, dad, and I do Ash, I would win fucking gold ribbons, baby. I would win region regionals. Like I would memorize monologues and then tell these stories. Like I'm always thinking about who came to these, by the way, like who are the people that are like, you know what? On Saturday, I'm going to go watch the eighth grade um, storytelling competition at St. Lawrence the Martyr. Like, I don't know who did that with their time, but I had an audience and I memorized these monologues and I orated and I told stories and now look at me. I mean, professional speaking was the strength I bet on when I first started my business. I'm like, I can do this better than anyone else. I'm going to, well, not better than anyone else, but I think this is something I'm good at. So how can I monetize it first and then build a business around it? And it feels like you were writing Dear Diary, first grade, super boy, and then just continued to, even in your sales career in radio, used your writing to fucking close deals and, you know, build a business and, and, and turn six figures for the first time in your life and now well beyond. Yes. Can we talk about that for a second too? Because one yeah. of the things that I bumped up against when I was still in my corporate career and doing advertising work and I remember the company had this just like ridiculous way of trying to, to, you know, close sales. I thought it was really formulaic and predictable and like cringe. Everything about it was cringe. Yeah. The folders they wanted us to send were cringe. And I'm like, there's just got to be a better way. If I get this in the mail, I've been seeing this coming a million miles away. I'm just, I'm not even going to open this thing. And yeah. so I started experimenting with more fun, creative, interesting messaging, essentially, that I could be sending mm -hmm these people who did not want to hear from me for sure. So what could I do to, to, <laughs> to stand out my foot in the door? And yeah. when I did that, I got so much pushback from the people around me and my coworkers who really were verbally almost mm. abusive about it. They were just like, yeah. you know, who told you you could do that? Yeah. And the snide remarks and, and despite its effectiveness, people were very threatened by that. So for anyone listening who's in that position and thinking like, well, I can't be creative in my role because it doesn't lend itself to that. Mm. I will challenge you to think that maybe actually you could. The real challenge is being brave enough to like brush those other people off and let them think what they want to think and try something new. You're going to end up standing out and people are going to love you for it. The right people are going to love you for it. Your, your competitors are not going to love you, but who cares about them?
I love it so much. And this is like, a, I, I love that because I think one of the things we hear all the time in our community and certainly the listener I know struggles with is this whole notion of imposter syndrome, worrying about what other people think and, you know, codependent tendencies, which I am a, reco- a, a codependent in recovery. I am working on it so hard to start giving left less Fs about the opinions of other people, specifically since we're living in a world filled with, um, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, um, it's like the snowflake syndrome. It's like, God forbid we say the wrong thing and I break someone else, you know, when really that's not my problem. That's your problem. Right. And it doesn't mean you walk around, um, pun intended, giving everyone the middle finger. It just means no. Um, the one thing I'll never do, I may disappoint you, but I will never disappoint myself. Right. And I think, and that is powerful. Like, cause I am who I go to bed with every night. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I am who I wake up with every morning and this is my fucking life. Right. So you write on page 146. This is fucking great. Can I read from your book? Do you mind? Please do. I'm loving this. Like, I just love you. I'm going to be like, I love you. Go outside. I'm going to be all high five all over yes, here. Yes, baby. Go. Yes. I'm you know, uh, calm uh, down, American girl. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love it. No, I will calm up. You tell me to calm down, I will calm up. Okay, so you read this. Imposter syndrome is the assassin of dreams. I know you feel like an imposter, but you aren't an imposter. You're a newcomer. Okay, this is big. Hold up, you guys. You ready? She goes on to say, you are someone who is trying to navigate what is effectively a new culture, starting an Etsy shop, new culture, trying your hand at web design, new culture, doing your first session of wedding photos, new culture. You aren't supposed to feel like you know what you're doing yet. No one feels ashamed for not being Icelandic when they go to Iceland, nor do they feel like an imposter when they try their hand at speaking Icelandic either, because who expects them to speak fluent Icelandic when they've just arrived? Perhaps imposter syndrome doesn't come from doing something you shouldn't be doing. Maybe it comes from having the wrong expectations about doing it. Damn. Where's your, where's your, you wrote that by the way, that's your shit. Real. That's your shit. Um, where are you at with imposter syndrome these days, especially in a world of cancel culture and, uh, you know, being afraid to make a move or stand out because, um, fuck, what if I go out of business? What if I get canceled? What if I never work again? What if I don't get published? Right. What if I, get stoned in the comments, right? I, I don't know. Like, uh, where are you at with that? I mean, I know you're out of the country, but I, it's happening everywhere. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious to know where you're at. You know at. what? I, I actually think, and this is not the answer people want to hear, but it's the truth. Mm. I actually think that the more success you have, the worse your imposter syndrome gets because you've now up-leveled and you've up-leveled again, and then you keep entering these effectively new cultures, right? Yeah. It's never, you never get to a point where you're like, I, I know everything there is to know. All the like, I've made it. <laughs> like, I got this. No, because as people who are driven and ambitious and curious, you're, you're going to keep looking for the next adventure, the next idea. You're not going to stagnate. So that means you're always going to be having probably worse imposter syndrome, but something you will get better at is navigating it. 
and being able to take action despite it. So mm, every single yes, day, you're speaking my language. Day, right? Yes. Right? Like you're, you're, so, just, you're gonna feel it, but you, you get better at just putting one foot in front of the other and just doing it anyway. And then it relieves itself. It's yeah, like I think Brene Brown said something like you have to step over the haters, like you're in the arena, you step over the hater, they're on the ground, right? Um, and you step over them and you just keep you keep moving, right? And I think that doesn't get easier, but you get stronger. So tell me that. Tell me this. So when we think of your craft, you're a writer, you're a creative writer, your businesses are are based on this. You obviously have an incredible book. How do you work on that? craft? Like, do you have, do you have, uh, commitments you make to yourself, daily habits? Like what's your process? And are you literally like when you wake up, you know, the first thing you do is write, like, where does Ash fall in that sort of algorithm of creative writing and how you have habits stacked around it? I love that algorithm of creative writing. I, I don't dig. know. That just sounded really fucking big and fancy, but like, dude, how do you write? How do you get good at writing? How do you make sure you stay good at writing is what I'm trying to say. You know what? Back in the day when I was first on this journey to figure out a career that I was really passionate about and that paid the bills and that would give me the freedom that I wanted. Yes. I remember thinking that I put a lot of emphasis on the freedom part because I was like, whoa, for the first time in my life, I can do anything. I can be anywhere and it doesn't matter. And I don't want to schedule and I will just figure it out and let the work just like flow into my flow. life. Somehow. I'll just figure it out. And then I got real, real quick because I was like, that does not work in reality. Does not work. Nope. And I found over the years that I actually have far more freedom when I do give myself a routine and I do give myself a little bit of scheduling. So nowadays I am, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very strict when it comes to the first thing I do every single morning is get up and write. I cool. am a big fan of the create, not consume movement. Mm, first thing in same, the morning. Same, same, yeah, same. If you are the same, but for me, if I like even so much as start getting into my email, my brain starts going oh. in a thousand different directions Done. and I'm thinking about all these other things. And then all of those thoughts take over. I can't get myself back on track. No, like I just Done. can't. Done. It's the kiss of death. It's, you know, it's the kiss of death. Yeah. You will murder your creativity by going into your email, by opening your, for me, Instagram's a big trigger. Uh, email is always a trigger. Um, so yeah, I even sometimes it depends on the podcast, but like listening to podcasts, like personal development, like, especially if I'm in the process of creating a piece of personal development work. Like I know that when I was writing homeboy, like I literally didn't read the entire time. I didn't listen to personal development because I didn't want my ideas, even though of course we're creatives, we're always borrowing from the universe. Always. That's what we do as creatives. Our job is to spin those stories into the metaphors that make sense for our lives, right? Like, so yeah, okay. We're always borrowing from the universe, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't comparing myself to other people's work that I wasn't, I wanted it to be so true to where I was in that moment that I just sort of stopped writing. That's my piece of advice, but I love creating before consuming. It is a rule I follow too. Totally. I did the same thing. I didn't, I, I did couldn't you? read anything else. I'm so sensitive. In ways that I hate, I hate this about yeah. myself, but I am really sensitive. I'm really empathetic. Yeah, all those, all those emotions of other you people take it on, get on me. Yeah, <laughs> like it's there, it's on you like a cloak, right? Is and even you know, I did a thing in 2020 where I was like, I'm gonna start running. I'm gonna be oh. a winner. <laughs> 
And I was all, oh, you better stop. I did. And I did it for like three months. And I got up and I was like, well, now the first thing I'm going to do is run because this is much more important because it's my physical health. So I started thinking that the first thing I did every morning needed to be the most important thing. So I decided physical activity was more important. Even that, Judy, I would get out there, I'd run, and then my brain just started running with it. (laughs) Oh, that's a beautiful analogy. Yeah, because I think we run and move. Like, I know when I go on walks and work out and all that stuff, it it is like we're a flood of ideas. Like, I get it. It can almost turn it on in a weird way versus in a like, yeah, I get it. I get that. I never thought about it that way. That's going to try to like now be all calm and sit and write and, and have my beautiful early morning ideas. And I just couldn't either because I was like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. So first thing in the morning, I, I write and that's you it. Write. And I just follow the rules. Okay. So are you, what's your birthday? I'm curious. June 24th, 84. Shit, are you a Gemini? I think by, I'm right you, you miss I, it by, cause I, I'm like, like, we have so many similarities. So, okay. Are you, have you ever done your Enneagram? Which do you know what your Enneagram is? I don't know if you're an Enneagram. Are you going to judge me if I say yes? And then I don't remember. No, I zero fucks, zero fucks given. I just, God, I, I, I don't know. I wonder what, I don't know. It's, I just, I'm curious what you'd be on the spectrum of the Enneagram. Well, I'm going to do it tonight. And then I'm going to send you the, the uh, detailed results. <laughs> there you go. And I will sit by the fire this evening and study you. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just curious if you knew. Anyway, we do have some similarities, no doubt about it. Um, okay. So can we talk about being selfish? Cause I'm here for this. Um, okay. So you write this about being selfish. We're too generous and we're too giving and we're too invested. We need to learn how to be selfish. There is no shame in being difficult or demanding or bitchy ladies. Yet this is a skill that many of us have yet to acquire, but you are allowed to want better for yourself, to do something you want to do, to take up space, to impose. And I love that. I think so many of us women, we, myself included, I just made a post on Instagram. I got a massage at two o'clock on Monday. And old Judy would have hid that from her calendar, lied to people that she was like in a meeting or whatever. You know what I mean? Because I felt ashamed of it. Like I felt bad about it. Like, oh, how dare I, right? And I'm like, no, no, right? Like I, this is a part of the process, right? It it is something that I do uh, as a mental fitness practice. So I'd love to know from you, like, you know, I know you're traveling around Europe and you've, your, your life has sort of taken on this interesting term, but like, where are you being selfish in your life right now? And what are some like non-negotiable, non-negotiable selfish things that you do? I know like creating before you consume is one of them. I think that's a way to be selfish, right? Like no email me first. And then you No Instagram me first and then you, right? So what are some ways you're being selfish? I'd love to, I'd love to know. I love this conversation. I have watched, I've watched a lot of people that I know and love over the years uh, become a bit trapped in the in the martyr syndrome. I would say, oh. because yeah, like life is hard and we have a lot of responsibilities to one another. We do, and I think that's a really great thing. I think society would fall apart if none of us had any sense of responsibility to one another. And especially if you have a family and you have a spouse and you've got children and people that you care about a lot. But I think, you know, in a, in a, like a little internal psychoanalysis moment, I think that 
everything I've ever put down on the page, all of my work stems from what I saw my mom go through Mm. as a person who was just full of anxiety for any decision she made, any action she made showing up in the world. She was tortured by what people were going to think about anything that came out of her mouth. A lot of this goes back to words for me. Because I remember her saying to me, I will never forget this. I mean, she did suffer from extreme, severe anxiety, like clinical. I remember her saying to me one time that she struggled to come to my volleyball games because she was nervous that she would walk into the gym and she wouldn't know where to sit. There would be people all in the bleachers and she wouldn't know where to go and wouldn't have anyone to sit with. And the thought of that prevented her from living her life. So when I think about being selfish, the way that I personally have kind of adapted this into my own life, I think about doing what I have to do and saying what I have to say to live my life in a way that I'm proud of. And it's not always easy, but I would like to stand up for that person that she was who couldn't do those things. So I think in a weird way, language and writing is my way of of self-care. And so I'm challenged every single day by people who, I'm sure you, you, you can relate, people who are so excited by your work that they, you know, lots of emails come in and lots of things, input, input, input. Yeah. And I like, I love all these people that I want to, I want to write back an email that matches theirs and length and and emotion and intensity. One of the things I've had to get really good about though, is, is just really using my words in a way that makes them feel good, but also gives me the space and boundaries I need. And that's the hardest thing to do. But I think that's, that's the thing that I'm doing every single day. And some days it's good and other days it's crapshoot, but here we are. Oh my God. I love that answer. And what I love so much about it is I didn't expect it. So get this shit. So I meet, I did a podcast on this. So I spoke at an event, Sci Active, uh, an apparel company. And I was the closing keynote speaker and the opening speaker was Jen Sincero. You are a badass, right? So she was like in a QA. and a It was like a facilitated Q&A. I was shitting my pants because her book um, was such a, it was the first time I had seen somebody write that she was older than me, but she had, she was dropping F-bombs and like speaking like me. And it was this big, badass, beautiful book. And I just, it really changed so much for me. So long story short, um, I to your point, when we talk about boundaries, and this is why it can be so beautiful for other people to watch. I think we have to be careful as women of boundary shaming other women, uh, because I think we need to look at it as an a radical act of self-love because I don't, I don't read Ash's mind. I don't know what Ash wants. So, and I don't know what Jen wants. So here's what I do. I'm like, I cannot be in the same space as Jen Sincero and not fucking like say hi to her in person. And I had met her at book launches and all this stuff. There's this whole story we have with Fears, my homeboy. Um, long story short, my team reaches out to her team and we're getting like gates, right? Like you can't get to her. And all of a sudden, So I just surrender it. I'm like, eh, I'll run into her backstage. I'll figure it out. I'll find a way. I'll find a way. I'll just deal with it on site. All of a sudden, 
we get an email from her team that says, hi, yeah, actually, Jen would love to meet you for coffee in the lobby at 9 a.m. before her talk. And if you're interested and here's where you can meet her and all this stuff. So I got to sit down and have fucking eggs and an oat milk cappuccino with Jen Sincero. And I asked her, I go, can I take a picture? Like, you know, before I, I'd, I'd love to get a picture, snap a shot with you before we leave. And she goes, let me think about that. And that was her response to me. And I fucking respected it. Yeah. And it, it, she of course took the picture with me and she even did an Instagram story with me, but she needed a minute. She needed to process that. And she's a very introverted, which is shocking. Like she's great when you meet her and all these sorts of things. And she's, you would think she's more outgoing than she is, but she's very, very introverted by nature. And she is weird with social media and she just likes to keep things private. And she said to me, I will never forget it. Let me think about it. And I was like, yo, you know what? Okay. Inside, I was a little crushed thinking to myself, oh, like, you know, um, damn it. Like, you can't write a book and have all these people buy the book and not take a picture with someone who's like, your book has changed your life. But I was also like, that's mine. That's not hers. And this is her life and her boundaries. And how will I know what Jen wants if she doesn't tell me what she wants? And she told me what she wanted. And I've just, I've never lost sight of that. Like, right or wrong, good or bad, it's more just the the bravery of like saying what she needed. And then I was like, okay, cool. And like, okay, cool. Instead of her like giving me her number and then ghosting me, like how many people have done that to you? Where like you meet someone you love and they're like afraid to tell you, no, I don't give out my number. Then you get their number and they fucking ghost you and you never hear from them again. Right. Just tell me you're not comfortable with it. We'll save so much stress. So I love that. That was your answer. You know what I I mean? Like, just tell me. I'm not comfortable with that is a great, I think, go-to catchphrase. And I think so much of this gets so much easier when you actually just force yourself to memorize some really great phrases. Like, yeah, some scripts. The minute without having to think about it. I literally, when we just landed in Madrid, I ran into someone who knew who I was and it was so Oh my God. How cool is that? She's like, yeah, are you the middle finger project? I love that that's like (laughs) who I am now. I love that. I love that. She said, are you the middle finger? And we had this brief conversation and she actually asked me for my number, but it was a random person. And I, I I didn't feel comfortable with that. But one of the things that I remembered to say, and I was so glad because. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. (laughs) Tongue tied. Yeah. One of the things I remembered to say um, that I had practiced in my head for any occasion like that, whatever it might be, was actually stemming from sales that I used to run because sometimes when clients ask you to do stuff that you can't do, you have to get mm. really good at navigating that conversation. Yes. So one of the things I am very practiced at saying in client conversations is, nope, I can't do that for you, but here's what I can do. And yes. using that language. And so I pulled that out and I was like, nope, yeah. can't give you my phone number, but I can give you my Instagram. And like, yes. you know, DM me. Project. shoot me a message anytime. And I it, love that. Good. Because it, it wasn't so off-putting. But yes. sometimes I was about to get stuck until like I remembered that phrase. No, I love that so much. It's so good. Like, here's what I can't do, but here's what I can do. And so maybe having a couple of those in your back pocket is great as it really is great as it really um, lends itself to like setting boundaries, but like boundaries are a big deal. And so many people are stressed out and irritable and crabby and sick and overwhelmed and all this stuff. And so much of it is self-induced because we haven't set the boundaries 
uh, we need. And, you know, is it easy? No, but is it important? Yes. So I love that you have a practice like that, that is rooted in love for your mom, right? Um, but also a deep love for yourself. And I think that was a a pretty powerful answer that so many of us probably needed a year, especially as we head into the holiday season. I mean, you're airing in the middle of holiday season when we've got a million people and things coming at us. Uh, and you know, boundaries can ease a little bit of that. Yeah. And they're really hard to do, but they're so hard. It's it's a language thing. It's a language thing. We don't pop this kind of stuff. Why is there not a class on this in high school? Yo, I'm saying, do I have goosebumps again. I literally just posted that yesterday. I think one of the lines in my Instagram post was like, it was a, it was a post about boundaries and like, you know, that it is this radical act of self-care and like, I can't read your mind. So if you don't tell me what feels uncomfortable, how will I know? So thank you for telling me like, shit, now I know. Right. But we lie and we ghost and we don't follow through on our promises because we're afraid of like, Oh, I don't want you to feel I'm codependent on how you feel about me. And Oh my God, now you won't like me and all this bullshit. Right. And so I said like, and I am saying this cause I've done it. Like I have 100% ghosted people and lied to people and not followed through on things. And I still feel guilt about it. And if I would have just been brave enough, like I wish, and I wrote this, I said, I wish someone would have told me in my twenties and in my thirties, like, this is a thing. And here's how you do it. Here's a few scripts and guess what? It's okay. Oh my God. Think of the relationships I'd still maybe have. Maybe think of the opportunities I wouldn't have missed. Like, yo, it's sad. And it's all because I was afraid to advocate for myself. And I think a a crash course in boundaries is like, here, here, because it is hard, but it is critical, especially if you want to scale a business, especially if you want to do big things in the world and stay sane while you're at it. You know, I mean, are we like starting up a new school? Cause I feel like Fuck. I just the, saw the vision for it. I know seriously, like why? I mean, and I know there, like, right. The school of like how to, right. I mean, they're they sign me up. Right. So speaking of which, this is a good segue. How do we work with you. Like, what are the things you're up to? The work that's keeping you busy right now? Obviously we can follow you on Instagram and I can link up to your book and all that stuff. So like what's filling your time and your pocketbook these days and how can people, um, get some ash in their life? How can we get some ash, some ash yeah. in our lives, baby? <laughs> Thank you for asking. I have two projects that I'm really excited about that I'm working on. The first is obviously the middle finger project. That's been my babe since 2009, but I'm like putting a fresh spin on it this year and we're doing a daily newsletter. No way. A daily. Man, I'm obsessed. I love doing a daily newsletter. And you know why? Goes back to the routine. I actually love getting into that consistent routine. It keeps me in the right headspace and I don't have to overthink anything. I don't have to think just about write. I'm publishing and which days I'm not. I'm just doing it. I'm waking up and I'm doing it. And I've found that that for me as a business strategy has been awesome. I've done it with several other things that I've worked on. So I'm like, you know what? This year, 
I'm going to give that love back to the middle finger project people. We're going to do a daily thing. We're going to talk every single day about, yeah, quit your job. Yeah. Leave the guy. Yeah. Leave the country. Yes. Leave your old ideas behind. Like let's just give the middle finger to all the stuff that's no longer serving you. Bye, 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 bye. bye. So how do we get, so do we just sign up at middlefingerproject.com or what's the best way? That there it is. Whoop. There it is. I'm pumped. There it is. Okay. This is so Seth Godin of you. It's so Ash of you, but like, you know, I love the practice. Like, and also like, um, who's the lady that writes, um, miracle morning or the, uh, Oh, the journal, the journal. She talks about morning pages. Why am I blanking out on her name? Yeah. 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 Like writing every day. Anne Lamott. Is it Anne Lamott? I don't know. know Y'all I'll link up uh, to this book in the show notes and I'm trying to find it on my shelf, but Oh, it's the, um, I keep my eyes cannot see the Julia artist, the artist's way, Julia Cameron. So she's the same way, like every day. It's like, if you want to write, write. So Ash, I cannot wait to see the gasoline this pours on your creativity. So I'm here for it. Middlefingerproject.com. I'll be signing up. I think I'm already signed up for all your stuff, but we'll link up that in the show notes. What else? What's next? What uh, Middle Finger Project? Does it have a school? Do you have a course? Like what else is going on? I've always done courses. All That's what I thought. Time, I've never had like one that I've committed to. And I think I'm going to change that this year because I cool. would really like to get some consistency in that world as well. But the other fun thing I did this year, it was so hysterical. It's called meat and hair and meat like as in pork and bison <laughs> and hair is in the hair on your head. Because I saw a quote once that was from a literary critic. And that person said, if you like your prose with meat and hair, you'll love this. And as soon as I read that, that jumped out at me. So I was like, I'm going to start a creative writing project. I'm going to call it meat and hair. And no. we're going to learn how to punch up your writing online and give it some more personality. So people actually read your shit. Yeah. And that's what it was. And that's a daily newsletter. And I had so much fun putting that together that uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm not, I'm not stopping. I'm going to be daily everywhere. So if you're signing for all my uh, stuff, you're going to be so sick of me and it's going to be grand. I'm here for it. It's so, so funny. I did not know about meat and hair. So as I was prepping for this interview, I put my name in and so I'll be getting it and I'm super hype about it. Um, and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to read. I can't wait to consume. I can't wait to devour. And I really hope our listeners do the same. Um, Ash, you are a delight. You are a divine. You are a fucking badass. And I have to ask you before we go off the air. Um, this is a question I love to ask everybody in my hot seat. Um, so the title of this podcast is Yes And, right? This notion of staying in forward momentum inspired by uh, what we learn first and foremost in the improv theater. So when I say yes and to you, like what comes up? What does that mean for you as Ash the human, um, as Ash the partner, as Ash the friend, and as Ash the entrepreneur? Immediately, I don't even have to think about it. It, it is. Yes, and follow your most dangerous ideas anyway, bitch. Do it. Yes, and follow your. I mean, yes, there's a million excuses and a million reasons why you shouldn't, and a million reasons why you're scared, a million reasons why it's not the right time, a million reasons why your spouse thinks it's dumb, whatever. Yes, and follow your most dangerous ideas anyway. That's, I mean, it's the key. It's been the key for my, for my life and my sanity and anything good that's ever come my way. Oh my God. I have full body chills. And the reason why is the one question, um, I did not ask you, um, 
is about following dangerous ideas. So the fact that that is your answer is phenomenal because it really speaks to a big conversation I just had on the podcast for the first time ever, episode 92. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. Um, I'm speaking to you, the listener, not necessarily you, Ash. Feel free to listen. You'd probably dig it. But basically, it's a conversation about that and the title of my book, Fear is My Homeboy. And talk about a dangerous idea. But listen, when we're creating, we don't know what the world's going to be like in three, five, 10 years. We have to do what feels right. And I have always said, and I believed, and I still believe, that um that when you are creating with love and the intention behind the words you use is love filled uh then you really can't lose and then secondary to that it's interesting when you um sometimes follow the dangerous idea you may be judged for it or not liked because of it and you have to be ready to walk through that fire and and be rooted in in what you believe regardless and it's so funny uh, you know my book is really a book about love and possibility it's nothing to do about race culture politics any of that and i'm like here i am being judged by the cover of my book and are we supposed to not judge people by the cover of their books yet yeah the the irony it is is pretty fucking awesome but yeah that was my dangerous idea there were so many people that told me not to do that and to go a different direction and to play it safe and to that I'll never work again and that and this is well before anything happened you know in the world over the last three years um and so it's a conversation we're listening to and we're very open to but I'm very inspired by your perspective on that and you wrote about it in your book because you are someone who follows dangerous ideas and I think it's those ideas, as long as they're not hurting other people, your work doesn't hurt other people. Your work is rooted in love and living a better life and knowing that you're worthy of that. My God, how do you lose when that's the intention behind your work? Yeah. I mean, actually, I found that your most dangerous idea, what you think is your most dangerous idea always actually ends up being your safest bet, because mm. just like we opened with, it's about betting on yourself and that yeah. little voice you've got there. That's like, I really want to do this thing, but external, yeah. external, external reason why you shouldn't. None of those reasons are in here. Like it, those are all everybody else's reasons for why they shouldn't, but they're not your reasons. And unless, you know, your, your, I don't know, aunt Susie has actually done the thing that you want to do. She's not qualified to give you advice. Sorry, aunt Susie, love you. See you at next year's barbecue. But like in the meantime, I'm going to yeah. go do this thing. I'm going to try it. And it's going to be great. And trust, please trust yourself to know you're going to pull it off. You're yeah. going to pull it off. And even if you decide later that it wasn't a good decision, you've still got new information about what you like, what you want, and it's going to take you in the perfect direction either way. Just go, 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 do it. Just keep moving, right? And that was always like, you know, that's my big thought on, on it. I, You know, if you would have named your book, The Love Yourself Project, people would still not, there would be people that still didn't like it. People that still hated on it. People that found something wrong with it. People that were offended by it. If I changed the title of my book to fears, my friend, uh, people are still going to hate it. They're going to be mad at me because I changed it. They're going to call me out and say, I'm not real and not authentic. And that, Oh my, you know, so like you might as well do you follow those dangerous love filled soul shaking ideas. And you'll not only have fun, um, but you will certainly uh, make an impact in the world. And I love that that's how you live your life. And I think that's why I've always read it, resonated with you. You are not afraid. I said this in the intro. I'm like, I love how no she gives, I know you give fucks, but like you just have this beautiful 
I give no fucks mentality. And I know you give fucks. There are things you care about, but your fucks seem to be DJed out really well. Well, I learned to not give a fuck about my own fuckery. So whatever stupid fuckery I got in my own head about why I should a thing or why you know why I shouldn't go into that vineyard today or that because I'm not dressed appropriately yeah like <laughs> I just stop giving a fuck about my own fuckery mm. and it's worked out so far yeah <laughs> well congratulations to that and c- congratulations to us because I think we have just won the award for most f-bombs dropped on a yes and podcast uh Ooh. to date <laughs> and had I known we were going for it I would have really brought my a game <laughs> <laughs> shit I know well, you know what it it is so, it is this is just giving me life. I know it's the end of day for you, so I hope this fuels your evening. It's morning here for me, and I mean you have just uh, I I I loved you before. Now I love you even more. You are such a gift, such a treasure, and I'm so glad you were given the gift of writing because it's so great. And I think you make me want to be a better writer, and I really mean that. You're so funny. You're so real. You're so funny. Yeah. A talk show, like a network <laughs> TV show, because I feel like you need it. Like you're just so good at this. It just flows out of you. You just know. I mean, that's the thing. Like since you were a little girl, this is just what you've done, and it shows. Like you're just oh such a well. F- thank you. And it's the reps, right? I mean, go listen to podcast episode two, three, four, five. You know, your girl has definitely evolved because pos- podcasting's its own game. But um, you know, having having guests that bring the heat definitely help. And uh, you're one of those girls. Oh, so your back. you scratch my back. We yes, see let's go together. It's it improv. Was- it's improv right here. It's happening. It's happening, Ash. Thank you so much for being on the show, girl. Thank you, Judy. You're fucking awesome. Boom, last fuck. I got it. I got one. She won. Damn, you got the last one. Okay, what did you think, right? I mean, can you even with her? I am so obsessed. I hope... You loved this show as much as we loved making it for you. Talk to me on Instagram. Send me a DM. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was. Follow Ash. Let her know, too. I love seeing your posts, so keep them coming. And you can always go old school and uh, send me an email. I love, we love getting emails. We check them every day at hello at judyholler.com. We love getting your show ideas, inspiration, and feedback. So find me there. Um, And if you haven't left a review on the podcast, would ya? They are gold and it's how we keep the show on the air for you for free. It's how we tell our sponsors that people listen which is how we keep the show on the air for free and it's how we tell iTunes that people dig the show. So if you haven't left a review on iTunes, would you take uh, 20 seconds, 10 seconds to do it? It would mean the world. Until we meet again next week, just thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reviewing and yo, keep opening those doors.